Praise God. Praise the Lord. Amen. Let's give the Lord a hand clap. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. 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 Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. How many believe Jesus is in the house? Praise God. Hallelujah. You can't get any better than Jesus. Amen. Sometimes we try to get better than Jesus, but we find we always fail. Amen. Because you can't perfect him. He's already perfect. Praise God. He's altogether lovely. Amen. He is in the house. Praise God. Hallelujah. I don't know if you realize and understand. I know there's different times when we get glimpses of a revelation when God begins to deal and work in our hearts in the Holy Ghost. You can't get any better than the Holy Ghost. You can't get any better than the good word of God. Hallelujah. Uh, even though you, may, you and I may try in every way to make things better, to get people to come to the house of God. I find that you just can't get better than Jesus. Amen. Amen. And we have to get Jesus in the house. Uh, Jesus in the house? Yeah. He's in the house. Amen. He is in the house today. Praise God. We've got to recognize him. How many ever been to a place and time where when Jesus was in the house, but you just didn't recognize it? Say, what's happening over here? What's happening over here? God begins to work and do a work by his word and by the Holy Ghost. And and say, hey, Jesus is in the house. And I need him. Praise God. I'm so glad to be to be here for more than one reason. I'm always I'm always glad to come and visit with my son-in-law, my daughter, my grandkids. Be a part of the family, be a part of their birthdays. And, just a blessing to have family. Amen. And I'm glad that your family in the house of the Lord. Praise God. I, I'm, I'm honored. I feel privileged to be behind this pulpit and have your pastor ask me to preach. And uh, I want to tell you that, uh, uh, Brother Elder, you have a fine pastor, fine shepherd. Amen. That you need to pray for him. Amen. And you need to, to listen as he preaches because he wants to do a work with the help of God in this place. Amen. I believe that that work is being done, don't you? Amen. Hallelujah. Have a vision along with your pastor for this city of Pueblo, Colorado. Amen. Doing a good work here, Pueblo. Hallelujah. If you have your Bibles, I want you to turn over or turn to don't turn over. Turn to the book of Mark and the second chapter. I have Brother Jimmy sing that chorus. Jesus in the house. Because it goes along with what I want to minister to you today here in this place. St. Mark, the second chapter, beginning at the first verse. And again he entered into Capernaum after some days, and it was noise that he was in the house. And straightway many were gathered together insomuch that there was no room to receive them. No, not so much as about the door. And he preached the word unto them. And they came unto him, bringing one sick of the palsy, which were born of four. And when they could not come nigh unto him for the press they uncovered the roof where he was and when they had broken it up they let down the bed wherein the sick of the palsy lay when Jesus saw their faith he said unto the sick of the palsy son thy sins be forgiven thee but there were certain of the scribes sitting there and reasoning in their hearts why doeth this man speak blasphemies who can forgive sins but God only and immediately when Jesus perceived in his spirit that they so reasoned within themselves, he said unto them, what, Why reason ye these things in your hearts? Whether it is easier to say to the sick of the palsy, 
thy sins be forgiven thee, or to say, Arise, and take up thy bed, and walk. But, when, when, but that you may know that the Son of Man hath power on earth to forgive sins. He said unto the sick of the palsy, I say unto thee, Arise, take up thy bed, and take up thy bed, and go thy way into thine house. And immediately he arose, took up the bed, went forth before them all, insomuch that they were all amazed and glorified God, saying, We never saw it on this fashion. I want to preach to you and minister to you today the title, We Never Saw It on This Fashion. Amen. Hallelujah. Would you pray? Amen with me today. Lord Jesus, we come before you today, God, asking you, to bless, asking you, Lord God, to feed the hungry, the bread of life. Ask you to minister, Lord God, by your spirit to the hearts and needs of people here today as they come to your house to be fed, as they come to your house to feel your presence, as they come with needs, oh God, in their life, in this world which we live. I ask you, Lord Jesus, to fulfill and meet those needs today in this place. We all have needs, Lord. I have needs. These people have needs. And, Lord, you came to fulfill those needs by your word and by your spirit. And I ask you today, God, to have your way and have your anointing here upon your word. From these lips of clay, through our efforts, Lord, Lord, sometimes the efforts, sometimes it seems like we just... Uh, uh, we do our best, and it just seems like it's not enough. But, Lord, you make the difference. The anointing makes the difference. Oh, God, your spirit makes the difference. Lord, in all that we do, we ask you to bless these people and the needs that they have today. And we ask you, Lord, and ask you today to minister in Jesus' precious name. And everybody said, in Jesus' name, you can be seated. We never saw it on this fashion. How many of you, in your travels through life, have gone to different places and you found there were some places you liked better than other places? And there was a reason why you liked that certain restaurant or that certain uh, uh, geographical location. I like Colorado. It's got mountains. You, some of you in Colorado, you, you just need to, don't take those mountains for granted. You, you have a chance to go up to them once in a while. It's just a little drive and you're, you're there. It takes about a four-hour drive for me to get over here. So it's just not a skip and a jump to get over here. But I enjoy the mountains. I enjoy, amen, the spiritual mountains in the Lord. Praise God. But God is a God not only of the mountains, but he's a God of the plains as well. And I'm glad for that because God will sustain you no matter where you live if you put him first in your life. Amen? Praise God. It doesn't matter if it's the mountains or the plains or on an island somewhere. If the Lord is there, and he is, you can live for him if you have that desire to live for God. Amen. We never saw it on this fashion. Now, the first verse said, and again, he entered into Capernaum and after some days, and it was noise that he was in the house. I don't know about you, but Jesus makes all the difference if he's in the house. If the president of the United States were to come to Pueblo and he said, I want to come and visit Christian Growth Center in Pueblo, Colorado, they would prepare, amen, they'd have security, they'd prepare everything for his arrival. 
all the way from the airport, all the way down the street, all the way to this place. They would prepare for his security. They would prepare a lot of different things, amen, so that he could be here. The same holds true for you and I in the house of the Lord as we prepare, amen, for Jesus. You know, there's times when I get away from this, my wife tells me to get it, stay around it or get the other one. Here it is. Let me turn it on. Praise the Lord. There it is. It works. Praise God. But Jesus is in the house. And sometimes, you know, we can be guilty of not just preparing ourselves like we need to. But I, I, found, I find in, in this place that your worship, your praise, your prayer, all prepares, amen, uh, the Lord to do a work, not only in your life, but in somebody else's life. Now, there's a reason the Lord does what he does and how he does it. And I'm sure, I'm sure that Brother Elder has told you and preached to you a lot of different things about uh, the Lord does things a certain way, and you've got to understand how he does it so you can get with the program, and so you can get along with the Spirit of the Lord. Amen. The Lord said in one place, I will work and who shall let it? Amen. And we are laborers together with God. Amen. We're not separate and apart from him, but we're laborers together with him. And any time that we seek to do a work of God, Anytime we seek to do anything, amen, in the kingdom of God, we've got to make sure we're in line with his will as an individual and as a church. And so your pastor, Brother Elder, preaches to you and tunes you up to the will of God, to the word of God, amen, because it's so important to the delivery of the message, uh, so important for people uh, who need deliverance in their soul. They need the word of God. Amen. They need the spirit of the Lord in their life. And so once in a while, uh, the, your pastor will work on you with the word of God to tune you up to God. Hallelujah. Now, I found, I find a long time, I found a long time ago that you can't get any better than Jesus. I like the singing. I like the harmony. I like the, the ability that you all have, amen, to, to play the organ, the piano, and the and to sing for the glory of the Lord. I just love that. I just love that. Don't you? I mean, you got some good things going and your abilities. Amen in this church. But I want to tell you, you can't get any better than Jesus. If you go to some little home missions church somewhere where you don't have a piano or it may not have a guitar or a piano or an organ, but you've got Jesus there, you can't get any better than Jesus. And if there's one thing you've got to have, regardless if you don't have nothing else, you better have Jesus in the house. Amen? And you've got Jesus in the house. The book of Isaiah tells us, and I'll be getting into the scriptures. Isaiah in the 42nd chapter. First verse, Behold my servant whom I uphold, my elect in whom my soul delighteth. I have put my spirit upon him. He shall bring forth judgment to the Gentiles. He shall not cry nor lift up nor cause his voice to be heard in the street. A bruised reed shall he not break, and a smoking flax shall he not quench. He shall bring forth judgment unto truth. He shall not fail, nor be discouraged. You know who this is talking about? It's talking about Jesus. He shall not fail, and he shall not be discouraged. How many, how many of you have ever been discouraged? How many of you have ever felt that you failed? But I want you to know Jesus is not discouraged. And he will never fail. 
Amen. And you're in the right place today. Amen. Till he has set judgment in the earth, and the isle shall wait for his law. Thus saith the Lord God, or the God, God the Lord, he that created the heavens and stretched them out, he that spread forth the earth, and that which cometh out of it, he that giveth breath unto the people upon it, and spirit to them that walk therein. I, the Lord, have called thee in righteousness, and I will hold thine hand and will keep thee and give thee for a covenant of the people for a light of the Gentiles. How many of you know that Jesus is the light of the Gentiles? Amen. You can't get any better, amen, than Jesus. You can't get any better than the light that shines forth, amen, into a dark, amen, a dark world today than Jesus being the light. Amen. Aren't you glad Jesus is the light today? Aren't you glad he's shining your heart, gives you, give you the knowledge of the glory of God and the face of Jesus Christ? Amen. None other like Jesus. There's nobody like him. Hallelujah, hallelujah. I, I could not perfect. I couldn't do anything to perfect his plan of his word or anything he ever does. I could never do it. Amen. I just got to find myself in a place that I'm just working right along with him. Amen. Hallelujah. It says to open the blind eyes to bring out the prisoners from the prison and them that sit in darkness out of the prison house I don't know about you there are many people in prison today some of them believe it or not choose to be there there are some even though you open the prison door to let them out stay they stay in there say why is that it's because there are a lot of them that don't they don't know any other life They've been in that prison so long. They have been accustomed and comfortable getting three meals a day. And they're doing a little work inside there, do things. A lot of them, a lot of them, when they try to come out on the outside and they don't know how to live in freedom, all they know how to do is to live in that prison. And a lot of them really make a choice to stay. I don't know why anybody would make a choice to stay only to the fact that they just get accustomed to living in the prison house. Amen. When Jesus opens the door of the prison house of your life, you've got to walk out. He'll never make you walk out. You've got to make the decision, I'm walking out of this prison. <laughs> Amen. And I'm so glad today we have the Word of God and the teaching and the Holy Ghost. To help us walk out of those things that we find that oppress us and put those things behind us and live in freedom. Amen. Um, we as Americans, we, we express freedom. We talk about liberty. But we take, it, we take it for granted, church. Freedom isn't free. There's a price to be paid for freedom. With freedom comes along responsibility and accountability. Amen. When you come to church, start living for God, you get the word of God, and your pastor says, you got a job? No. Go get you one. You're going to pay your tithes, pay your offerings into the church, you're going to have to have a job. And believe it or not, work is not a curse, it's a blessing. When Adam and Eve were in the garden, God placed Adam in that garden. And he said, I'm going to give you dominion over all these things, and you're going to be the manager of the garden. And that was before the separation. That was before the curse. So work is not a curse. It's a blessing. Amen. And our attitude towards it is important because we want to work in the house of the Lord, don't we? Amen. He says, to open the blind eyes to bring out the prisoners from the prison, to them that sit in darkness out of the prison house. I am the Lord, that is my name, and my glory will I not give to another. 
neither my praise to graven images. I want you to know something today that, that the Lord is not going to give his glory to another. Church, when we worship and we praise the Lord, we come to this place and we work along with the Spirit of God, God gets the glory. You can go to some places and while you're there, it seems like things are out of place. It seems like things just, just you know, they just go on and on and, and, and it just seems like it's just not real church. Once you've been in the Holy Ghost, once you've tasted the amen of the life to come, the Spirit of the Lord and the good Word of God, you'll never be satisfied with anything less. Church. <laughs> Jesus is in the house. And you know the difference, church. You pray, your pastor teaches you as a church to pray. That's so important. Because see, the Lord does the work. Just you and I are just the stewards of, of the things that God places in our hands. Prayer as a tool, worship, amen, as a, as a tool that the Lord uses so that he can have his way in our midst. It's so important. And it doesn't happen that way everywhere. But I can guarantee you that it happens here. Because that's what you've been taught. That's what you've cut your teeth on. And that's what your pastor has preached to you. Why? Because my glory will I not give to another. That's why one man standing behind the pulpit cannot say in himself, I did it. By my arm of strength, I brought it all to pass. No, you didn't. Church, we couldn't whip nothing. We couldn't whip a wet noodle. But with Jesus, ah, oh, my friend, there's a lot of things we can do with Jesus. When Jesus is in the house, there's a lot of things that can happen. And church, that's what we need to present to this world. Amen. It's not an anemic church, but a church, amen, that says Jesus is in the house. And we got to make sure he's here. We bring him here by the way we live, how we worship him. Christianity is just not a part-time thing that you do. It's a lifestyle that you live. And so many folks, so many folks miss it, amen, because they think that sometimes they can just live for Jesus part-time. But my friend, when the Lord gets a hold of your life, like he got a hold of my life. It becomes a part of your lifestyle and the way you live. On the job, in the store, no matter where you go. It's a part of your lifestyle to live for Jesus. And that's what's preached to you here in this place. Amen. My glory will I not give to another. Nor my praise to graven images. <laughs> oh my God. There's so much that people try to add to him. You can't even see Jesus for all the tinsel and all the shining bright lights. And I like those things. <laughs> I, like, I like the lights. That, you know, they sparkle. Some of us, we go around town and look at them in houses, right, don't we? Oh, look at that place. Isn't that pretty? Isn't that beautiful? Don't we? Come on. You can say you do that. I've done it. I still do it. Hey, look at that. Isn't that pretty? But the Lord always reminds me, you can't get better than him. And he always reminds me, amen, that for all the tinsel and the bright lights, don't let me be hidden in your life. Don't let those things outshine me because my glory will I not to give to another, nor my praise to graven images. So many people miss Jesus because they got so much other else to, that hides him. You really can't hide the truth. All you can do is camouflage it and hide it with all this other stuff 
hanging on it. When I found Jesus, he was brighter, he was greater than anything else in this world. There's nothing that competes with Jesus, is there? If anything is in competition with God in your life, you better say, man, there ain't nothing like Jesus. There is no competition. There, there isn't anything uh, that's like him. Uh, uh, he needs to be first place in my life. When you find all these things trying to crowd him out of your life, you just got to make up your mind and you come to church. God, there's just so many things crowding in my life. I need to push them aside because I need you. I got to have the bread of life. I've got to have your spirit and your touch that makes the difference and gives me the rest and the peace that I so, so desperately need. And that others need. My glory will I not give to another. Neither my praise to graven images. Now, Jesus was in the house. And they said there in the 12th verse of that chapter, St. Mark, we have never, we never saw it on this fashion. If you were to take your time and read the preceding chapter of Mark, take some time to do that. You would find, because it says in that uh, first verse of the second chapter, and again he entered into Capernaum, which means he was already there once before doing things. As a matter of fact, if you, if you were inclined to read the 21st verse of that first chapter of Mark, it says, and they went into Capernaum, Capernaum, I make sure I say that right. My wife, sometimes she'll say, now make sure you say that right. Capernaum, right? <laughs> I mess those words up once in a while. Capernaum. Amen. And straightway on the Sabbath day, he entered the synagogue and taught. And they were astonished at his doctrine. He taught them as one that had authority and not as the scribes. My friend, when Jesus is in the house, there's authority. A church has got to have authority. Every place Jesus went and everything he did, he controlled the circumstances. The circumstances did not control him. And church, that's the way it needs to be in the house of the Lord. We come to places and times in our life in the church, and it seems like, my God, what's going on? What's happening? When we, got, when we start praying, and we start letting the Holy Ghost start moving in our life and in the house of the Lord, something happens that makes a difference. And that is the Lord who has the authority. The church has the authority. You know, it'd be like, Tying our hands behind our back. And the Lord's saying, do my work for me. But you don't have the authority. In the name of Jesus. The name of Jesus means a whole lot more than just, and it's great in baptism in Jesus' name. But that's just the beginning of it, not the end of it. The name of Jesus is, is a name above every name. And by the name of Jesus, every knee shall bow and every tongue shall confess. The authority of that, of that name. Oh. Not only in your life, but the lives of others around you. When you make that name supreme in your life, as the authority for your life, others will see it. Because you're going to bow down to it. i got to hurry along here. But it all comprises the fact that he's not going to give his glory to another. There was only one, Jesus Christ. And God fulfilled his plan in that body called the Son of God, which God was manifested through the flesh. He'll not give his glory to another. What you see and what is revealed to you, you're going to see in the face of Jesus Christ because there's no other image but him. 
He is the image of the invisible God. Woo, glory. Jesus is the image of the invisible God. And there is none other. Oh, he's altogether lovely. Oh, there's, no, there's nothing that competes with him. Amen. And there was in the synagogue a man of unclean spirit. Jesus cast out the unclean spirit. Listen, in 2004, with all the technolo technological advances, we've got everything at our fingertips. You used to be you had to do the rotary phone. Hello, ring, ring, and now it's a cell phone. You got them shut off? You got a sign out there that says, shut those things off. We don't want nothing to compete with Jesus, do we? No. But it, the advances we have, man struts his stuff. Man, look what I got. Man, look at my pickup. Look at what I got here and this, and this, and this uh, uh, item. And, and, and this item and techni technology is taken off and we just... But I want to tell you, none of those things should compete with Jesus Christ. <laughs> Nothing. Why? Because you can't get any better than Jesus. Today, we still have the same problems, even as Jesus faced them as he walked in the flesh upon the earth. People with unclean spirits. How do you think they get unclean spirits? By dabbling with unclean things. What, 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 what is it that corrupts the spirit? It's the things that the Spirit feeds on. Hello? And I want to tell you, when you feed on the good word of God, when you get the touch of the Holy Ghost in your life, there's a cleansing factor that is built into that word and built into that Spirit of the Lord that touches your life. That cleans you. You get around, you get around things that are unclean. Whoa, what did I just walk into? How could you tell the difference? There was a day before I knew the Lord when I would light them up, light them up. My nose was accustomed and in tune to the smoke. But the day the Lord got a hold of my life when I threw those things down, got rid of them things, I could tell the difference, church. Whoa. And just like my mama told me, it says that yellow stuff gets in the, in the curtains. It gets in the headliner of your, of your car. It makes things yellow. As a matter of fact, I've been in places where you had to scrub and wash the walls. And that yellow stuff just run down. My God, what you've been putting in your, in your lungs. Woo. But you know the difference because the clean and the unclean because you came and God brought you to a clean place he gave you a clean salvation amen he gave you his, his spirit which is a clean spirit and so it is so it is he cast out unclean spirits and God is a clean God amen and it goes on it says you go on and read he healed the sick and he cast out devils Church, we need that today. Your pastor recognizes everything. He knows what's going on. God lets him know what's happening in the church because he knows, amen, what you need for your soul. <laughs> he knows. Amen. He cast out devils. Technology won't do that. Your cell phone won't do that. Your microwave won't do that, will it? No. Even though we got all these things, none of those things will do the job. Only Jesus will do the job. Amen. I'm going to bump into that thing. And it goes on and it, it talks about Jesus preaching in Galilee. In the morning, rising up, 35th verse, a great while before day, he went out and departed into the solitary place and there prayed. 
Isn't that something? Jesus, God manifested in the flesh, prayed. And why should we think we can get by seven days without prayer? Makes one week. Church, you're a praying church. Don't ever lose that. Don't ever get to the place, amen, that you, that you lose out in your prayer. There are some times, amen, you're so busy, I'm so busy, that, that, that coming to church or coming to prayer meeting, it may be the only time you find to pray. Because this old world will make you so busy, you won't have no time to pray. So it's, it's inevitable that the church should be a place, a place of prayer, a place you and I come, amen, to recharge our batteries, amen, and get in tune with God. Stay a praying church, Pueblo. Stay a worshiping church, Pueblo. Amen. Because you're going to go places, and you're already going places. And God is already making and molding and doing things in your life for his glory. Not for our glory but for his glory. Amen. He does a lot. He's not going to give his glory to another church. <laughs> no way. Hallelujah. And it goes on and it says to Simon, and they that were with him followed after him. And when they had, they had found him, they said to him, all men seek for thee. Hey, all men seek for thee. You ever had somebody come up to you? I've had them come up to me. I've been in, on a train going down back east. And somebody sat beside me and started telling me all their troubles and problems. Why me? Why me? Because Jesus did something in my life and I got an answer for them. Don't think it's strange that folks would come to you and start spilling the beans. I don't know why I'm telling you this. But but I have this problem and that problem, and, and they're looking for an answer. And just maybe the Lord put them there so you could witness to them and share your testimony with them. Woo! You get that kind of mindset in your life and that kind of attitude. Oh, my. And there's nothing like witnessing to somebody. If you want to recharge your batteries, church, testify to somebody and tell them what God has done for you. You got a testimony? You got a witness? Oh, Jesus has got a hold of your life, you do. Amen? Hallelujah. Amen. He's not going to give his glory to another. As a matter of fact, let's just clap our hands to the Lord. Praise the name of Jesus. Praise the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. 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 Praise God. He said unto them, let us go into the next towns that I may preach there also. For therefore came I forth. And he preached in their synagogues throughout all of Galilee and cast out devils. Goes in the next chapter or next part of that uh, Mark, the first chapter, and talks about cleansing the lepers. Amen. Down to the 44th verse, it says, And he said to them, see thou, see thou say nothing in any man, but go thy way and show thyself to the priest, and offer for thy cleansing those things which Moses commanded for a testimony unto them. But he went out and began to publish it much, and to blaze abroad the matter Insomuch that Jesus could not more openly, no more openly enter into the city and was, was without in the desert places. And they came to him from every quarter. Who did they come to? They came to Jesus. You can't get any better than Jesus, church. Jesus is in the house. You didn't come here to look at me. Although we need fellowship, we got to have fellowship. But we came to this place because Jesus is in the house. And if anything is going to happen in the spiritual realm, Jesus has got to be in the house. And somehow, some way, church, we got to make sure we bring him here and keep him here. 
We got to make sure we're praying and we're worshiping him. And let him have first place. Because he's the one who does the work. He's the one who does the healing. He's the one, amen, who does a lot of things that we cannot do in ourselves. Jesus does it. Amen? Praise God. Amen. So he healed the leper, and it goes on. And again, he entered into Capernaum after some days. Can anybody recognize in your imagination why there was no room around that place for anybody to get in? Because Jesus was in the house. And one of these days, church, as you grow, you're going to set, you've probably already done it in this place, set chairs out of here because you're outgrowing this facility. You're going to go to another place. Because you're going to make room for more, more people. Amen. Because you're going to reach Pueblo, Colorado, with this message and this gospel. And God is doing a work in your midst and doing a work on you. Amen. Because he wants to use you to bring people to him. But you got to remember, you can't get any better than Jesus. You can't perfect him. All you can do is go along with him and get in tune with him and his will. Amen? And they, and they said, and straightway many were gathered together insomuch that there was no room to receive them, not so much as about the door. And he preached the word unto them. Some of, some of us, sometimes we expect lightning to strike. Sometimes we expect the big old whirlwind to come in this place. Whoa, isn't that great God? God came in this place. Jesus is in the house. The word was preached. Do you recognize that the word is preached? That's just as much God. That's just as much as, much as Jesus being in the house than anything. It's when the word is preached. To our souls. And that's important that you get the bread of life. You're hungry. And right now God is feeding you. I ask the Lord, Lord, would you help me to minister to the needs of people? You have a need in your life. And you're not going to get any better than Jesus. You're not going to get any better than the word of God. So. We might as well make up our mind. If he's not, we're not going to get it better than Jesus and any better than his word. We're going to listen to it, be hungry for it, and eat it. Because it's going to do something for us. Hello? Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. And it says, And they come unto him, bringing one sick of the palsy, which were born of four. And when they could not come nigh unto him for the press... They uncovered the roof where he was. And when they had broken it up, they let down the bed wherein the sick of the palsy lay. We never saw it on this fashion, they said, when it was all said and done. We never saw it on this fashion before. Amen. When Jesus saw their faith, he said unto the sick of the palsy, Son, thy sins be forgiven thee. There's still a need. In our world, for sin to be forgiven. As a matter of fact, people going on through life, ashamed and feeling guilty all their lives. Do you know, Galatians talks about, it says, He that is overtaken in the fault, ye which are spiritual, restore. In the spirit of meekness, Considering thyself, lest thou also be tempted. Paul didn't say whose fault it was. He just said it was a fault. And there's, there's kids going around who are blaming themselves for something happened in the family. It wasn't their fault. But they're still overtaken by it. Some of you here today may have come across certain things in your life. And you're, you're saying, it's my fault. But it may not be your fault. 
How many of you ever driven down the road and had an accident? Anybody had any more accidents than I have? I hadn't had very many. I have one or two little fender benders. But sometimes things happen, and it got, they got what they call no-fault insurance. It wasn't your fault, but you still got damaged. You still have insurance to take care of the damage. How many of you run around with your car being damaged and say, Look at the damage that was done a year later. Look at the damage that was done. What are you doing? Get it fixed. You got insurance. And Jesus is our insurance. You don't have to go around saying, I'm damaged. Get Jesus to fix it. Get healed. Get forgiven and get forgiveness. It makes no sense to go around with damaged goods, especially when you got Jesus. He'll fix it for you. Amen. He will. He will. In our thinking, many times our thinking is so closed. But the Word of God opens it up to us and lets us know there's something I need. And I'm going to find it at the feet of Jesus. I'm going to find it in the house of God. I'm going to find it in a place of prayer. You can't get any better than Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, hallelujah. There were certain of the scribes sitting there and reasoning in their hearts. Why doeth this man thus speak blasphemies? Who can forgive sins but God only? Revelation time. Woo! Revelation time. Who is Jesus? What did Jesus do? Woo! He forgave sin. Amen. Immediately when Jesus perceived in their spirit that they so reasoned within themselves, he said unto them, Why reason ye these things in your hearts? Don't figure it out. How did this happen? Why did he say that? My. They reasoned in their hearts. Amen. Amen. Immediately. When Jesus perceived in their spirit that they reasoned them with themselves, he said unto them, Why reason these things in your hearts? Whether it is easier to say to the sick of the palsy, Thy sins be forgiven thee, or to say, Arise and take up thy bed and walk. How many of you guys, you know that this guy had what I call a moving motel? Everywhere he went, he picked up his bed. Well, this guy didn't pick up his bed because he couldn't do it. He had the palsy. But in that day... In that day, they had a pallet. Everywhere they found themselves, they were tired, they'd lay the pallet down. And when they got through sleeping, they picked up their pallet and walked. They had a moving motel everywhere they went. <laughs> but if they had one today like we have, we got a bed we sleep on, man, that would have been a miracle in itself. Take up your bed and walk? My God, things are heavier than us. But he had to move in motel. Take up your bed and walk. We never saw it on this fashion before. <laughs> but when he, that ye may know that the Son of Man hath power on earth to forgive sins, he saith to the sick of the palsy. Now, I got interested in this guy with the palsy and what palsy means. Palsy in the dictionary means a paralysis. Any impairment or loss of ability to control movement. In the physical realm, when you have an arm or a leg that, that, that you cannot control, it gets tremors, or it does things that you don't want it to do, you have no control of it, it's, it's a palsy. It's an impairment of the movement of your limbs. And I don't know if this man... I don't know if this man had a complete palsy, a complete impairment, but the fact remains he could not carry himself. Somebody had to carry him. He had a palsy or an impairment in his limbs. He was paralyzed. Now, Jesus met the need of this man's life by saying, Son, thy sins be forgiven thee. 
Now, was it this man's fault for being in that kind of condition? No, not necessarily. Because if you go back to the Garden of Eden and Adam and Eve, amen, who introduced sin to the human race, sin, the cycle of sin was set in motion a long time ago. And Jesus has got a plan, amen, to remedy sin. That's why he died on Calvary to redeem and bring back what was lost because of sin in the garden. Hello? And one of these days, amen, we're going to put on perfection. This mortal is going to put on immortality. Hallelujah. This corruptible, amen, this corruptible cannot inherit incorruption. But in a moment, in the twinkling of an eye, we shall be changed. We're going to go up and we're going to be like him. And these bodies of clay will be no more. We'll be grown in the spirit. Oh, waiting for the adoption. Waiting for the adoption. Oh, this body being changed. Church, we go through our aches and pains down here. <laughs> but I'll tell you what, when that day comes, we're going to lay aside this robe of flesh. Amen. We're going to take on immortality. And what we've tasted in the Holy Ghost is going to be forever and ever and ever. And he's given you the earnest of your inheritance. <laughs> have you tasted of the Holy Ghost? <laughs> Do you have the earnest of your inheritance? <laughs> Spirit of God. Whoa. Whoa. Glory. Man. Going to be wonderful there. Going to be wonderful there. Hallelujah. But I, as I begin to look at this scripture or this, 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 this uh, dictionary definition, it not only means a paralysis of the physical body, but it also said this, to paralyze, to cause to tremble or become helpless as from fear or rage. Or meaning anger. Church, the Lord not only wants to heal your body, and one of these days we're going to split glory, and we're going to have a changed body. But the Lord, amen, and what he did on Calvary, amen, he paid a price so that we shall no longer, amen, be oppressed by fear or paralyzed by fear or rage or anger. One of the things that I find, church, that the devil likes to do, he likes to come in and try to cause discord and try to cause fear in your life. But here is preached, amen, the word of God, which brings faith to you. The promises of God are delivered to you to have faith and to get you to move out from what you're paralyzed by. Church, people, you're in the right place. You've come to this place with needs, and every one of us has them. You come to this church looking for something, and you should expect something. If this is the church that Jesus is in the house, if this is the church that preaches, amen, the gospel, the unadulterated gospel, amen, with all its fullness, we believe, amen, in healing. We believe, we still believe in miracles. We still believe in laying on of hands. We still believe the message of Jesus' name in water baptism. We still believe, amen, the Holy Ghost with the evidence of speaking other tongues. We believe it. So why not have the rest of it? Why not have all of it? If Jesus is in the house. You're right, you're in the right place. If you're your first time visitor here, if you're here today and you have a need, I want you to know that as long as Jesus is in the house, he can meet your need. This church has been in tune and instructed to get with the program in prayer and worship. And they know how to worship and they know how to pray. And if you have a need in your body, a need in your soul, where you're paralyzed by some fear that the world has put on you, I want you to know that God will release you from that fear. Just as he did, the man with the palsy, they let him down. 
He could do nothing. He was helpless. But he said, son, thy sins be forgiven thee. The problem you may be having and the answer to it just very well might be to go down in the waters of baptism of Jesus' name. As a matter of fact, if you can't figure anything out and you can't get loose of the fear and everything, I guarantee you that if you come to an altar of repentance and, amen, you'll get buried in the only saving name of Jesus Christ and you'll begin to seek God for his spirit, I guarantee you God will do something for you to release you from the paralyzing fear the world has put upon you. Anger. How many of you deal with anger? Rage. It's not good. The Bible says, it says, anger but sin not. Let not the sun go upon him, your wrath. That's a part of our makeup. We do get angry, don't we? But that anger is never to take a place in our life to dominate us. So much, and we have that in our world today, church. It's, it's today that this church needs to rise and shine, amen, to an ungodly world because we, we're in Iraq. We're in different places where hatred is taken over and revenge. And you look at the results of it. You can't have true freedom in that kind of condition, in that kind of government in place. We go over there to bring people liberty and freedom. But if that's all we do, we've missed it. You know what they're doing over there? They're going to have elections. They want to, they, they're going to teach them how to live in freedom because they don't know how. And church, the Lord and his spirits come here to teach us how to live in the Holy Ghost. Amen. How to function in the kingdom of God. You're in the right place, church. Because Jesus is in the house. Jesus is in the house. Will they come to the organ? I'm closing. I don't know about you. I come to church. I come to places. Thing, nothing's going on. I've been in those times when I've come to the church in Pueblo. And I've sat in your midst, right over there by my wife. And sometimes I didn't know what the answer was. I didn't know exactly what was the need in my own life. But church, as you begin to pray, as you begin to worship and begin to praise the Lord, and let God have his way in your life. God does something for me sitting in the pew. Because you prayed. Because you worshiped. Because you can't get any better than Jesus, church. As a matter of fact, so many times we think we can add to him. We get busy doing so many things that takes us away from the place of prayer. And we think we're going to make God better. We think we're going to make the program better. Huh? I'm not saying you shouldn't work, and your pastor would probably tell you, and I don't think I'm out of line saying this, that, that you know, you get so busy that you don't have time to pray, and so busy that you don't have time to set your priorities according to the church, and you think you can make God better or make your life better. Some things just don't add up in God. They just take away from you. Some things that you and I do in life, I like to have a retirement. I don't know anybody wouldn't have, like to have some money for retirement. But church, I want to let you know that's not the everything there is in life. They got programs out there where you can retire. They put the big old dollar figures in front of your face. But I want to tell you, you can't get any better than Jesus. He's got a retirement program that's out of this world. 
You pray for me, church. Because you can't run away from the call of God. You can't run away, church, from what God wants you to do. If you want to be fulfilled in your life and have that fulfillment in your life, you need to work for Jesus. You need to, you need to eat that, that meat that no man can feed you. And that's coming to church and praying and finding somebody else to pray with and seeing them fulfilled in the Holy Ghost. Seeing them, amen, with their hands raised, speaking in the heavenly language and finding that fulfillment in the spirit that you can't find in the world. Coming to the place and getting prayed for, for a need in your body and finding that release in the Holy Ghost. God, thank you for healing my body and healing my mind and my thinking. Thank you, Lord. Because you have done something nobody can do. Because you can't get any better than Jesus. We never saw it on this fashion. And I'm closing. If you're here today, you need forgiveness or you need to give forgiveness. As Jesus said, when you, when you stand praying, forgive. People struggle with it all their lives. But I want you to know Jesus is in the house and he's the master forgiver. He'll teach you how. You may not know how to do it, but Jesus knows how. And if you'll just come to him and give your life to him, come to a place of prayer in your life, Jesus knows how to do it. And church, you can testify and say, Jesus is in the house. Is he not? Is he not here? Oh, yes. You need to acknowledge him in prayer. You need to acknowledge him. Brother Randell, would you come? I'm closing. Church, be in tune with Jesus. Always remember, Jesus needs to be in the house. And you need to be in tune with him. People have needs that you and I can't meet, that only the Lord can meet. But we can pray, we can worship, we can get a hold of God, and the Lord will do the work that we can't do. Because you see, his glory, he's not going to give to another. Not any one of us individually can do certain things, but God can. Because he deserves all the glory. And the Lord will let you know if you're trying to take glory from him. He will. What are you doing, boy? What are you trying to do on your own? You know you can't do it by yourself. You need me. Yeah, well, I, I need you. Why don't you do it with me? Why don't you let me use you to do the work? And that's where some of you are today. You're wanting God to use you. You're wanting God to do something in your life. He'll do it if you just let him. Just get to that place of prayer. Say, Lord, here am I. Send me. Here am I. Use me. Help me be in tune with the Holy Ghost and your word that you might use me to fulfill, amen, the need to others. Let's stand. Brother Randall comes to sing. Anybody need to pray? Anybody need God? Church, Jesus is in the house. He'll do the work. Pray, church, pray. We lift our hands and thank the Lord for his word today. Hallelujah, Jesus. 
Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah, Jesus. Somebody, this word was for us today. Come on, if the Lord has spoken to your heart, we want to open up these altars this morning. Hallelujah. Come on, maybe you're here today and you just feel God calling you to him. Hallelujah, you feel him calling you to this altar today. Hallelujah, come on. Come on, can we spend the season in prayer this morning? Hallelujah.